time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Here we are, a number of weeks into this series on getting unstuck. And you may wonder why that's such an issue for people. But over the years, as I've done both therapy and coaching, I realized how many times people came in and said, I feel so stuck or I am so stuck or look how stuck I am. I don't even know what to do. And I realized that we all go through periods where we just feel stuck, where things just aren't lining up, where things aren't where we needed them to be. Now, sometimes, as we talked about last week, those can be anchor points. We might be anchored down waiting for the next stage. It's it's kind of like watching uh, somebody who is moving up Mount Everest. You don't just go to the top. In fact, you bounce up and down. And so the first place they're trying to get to is base camp. Now, base Base camp is still at a pretty good altitude, and base camp would be a challenge for a lot of us to even get to that base camp. But that really is only the starting point for what happens next. And what you discover if you watch how they explore Everest is that base camp can be their place of living for quite a while while they're getting everything together. So sometimes when people are stuck or are feeling stuck, what they're really doing is gathering their supplies around, trying to get everything in place, getting their plan in order. Now, hopefully, before they ever got to base camp, they had already created their plan, and their guides were already routing their way through the rest of this. And It's not like they just arrived at base camp one day with a backpack and some gloves and, and boots and went, okay, I'm ready to go. There was a lot of preparation all the way until then. And so they had journeyed far and they got to that base camp and now they have to camp out for a while waiting for their bodies to acclimatize to that place uh, in space and at that height and, uh, and also to the weather. They're also waiting for the weather pattern to make sure that they have a clear window and they're waiting to make sure that anything that's in their way has been dealt with. And so part of their last push as they move up Everest is to make sure everything is in place. But oh, by the way, Even after they've decided to leave base camp, that doesn't mean there's one last push for the summit. It's just that they're beginning their ascent. And the way that most teams do it now is that they go up a bit and get used to that, stay at that place for a while and come back down a little bit and then go up a little bit higher and come down a little bit and go up a little bit higher and then come down a little bit. And each place they're getting used to their new existence. Have you ever felt like you're at that place where you're, you're trying to get to that new place and, and you realize that part of what has to happen is you've got to get used to your new place. You've got to get used to and, and allow your circumstances to get used to that new place before you can go to the next place. So sometimes when we feel stuck, what we're really doing is waiting for the next push, waiting for the next thing, the next stage. Maybe you're preparing for a career and you have to move through certain hoops to get there. So you might have to go through school and then you might have to get some supervision or or get some extra classes under your belt and then take a test. and, And you're waiting all along and you're really not stuck. You're just moving slower than you want to. But then there are the times when, as we've talked about, you really are stuck. Maybe you're stuck because of those old things that have happened, the pains from the past that you're trying to protect from or from fears of the future that you're unsure of where to go. And maybe you find yourself arrested by that place and you really and truly cannot make yourself move forward. 
So today I want to talk about what happens at that point. That really for me is a good lesson in the limiting beliefs that we all carry with us. Unfortunately, all of us carry baggage and a lot of it created from around us as people were telling us, well, you can't do that. You, you can't move forward. Some of us were, were fortunate enough to have parents who were constantly telling us or other adults in our lives who were constantly telling us, you can do whatever you want. Sometimes they didn't tell us how to do everything we wanted and, and we're stuck gathering that evidence, but they at least told us that we could do and be anything we wanted to do and be. But others of us had people more limiting of us, saying you can't do that. There's no way you're going to make it to there. How could you possibly get to that? And usually that was more about that person's history and more about that person's beliefs than about you, but you were fed that as a diet, or perhaps you were fed that as a diet. If you had that, you'll notice that there are some remnants of those beliefs in there that that get locked in. And if you were even fortunate enough to have parents and other adults who were telling you you could do anything you want, you still have limiting beliefs. Maybe you tried something and it failed and you, you found yourself kind of cementing that in. And now you want to change that. Now you want to move to something bigger. Maybe you've begun to grasp that there's something bigger. Maybe you're still trying to figure out what the bigger thing is, how you fit into the world, how you bring an impact into the world, how you find meaning and purpose to find your place, your unique gifts that you have to give to the world. Maybe you don't even believe that you have those gifts to the world. Sometimes we're so close to ourselves. Sometimes we're so close to our own stuff that we don't realize how amazing we are and how we have uniqueness and a unique view. And sometimes we believe that everybody can do these things that we alone are skilled at. And sometimes we believe that this is no big deal. And when we have those beliefs, it's because we're too close. I know I've had those conversations with myself where somebody will come up to me and say, you're amazing at doing that. And my feeling is that everybody could do that, whatever it is. And so you struggle through that to take that in and you find yourself with limiting beliefs. And we find ourselves with limiting beliefs. As we stumble upon those limiting beliefs, we want to do something with them instead of being captured by them. We want to be able to move away from them and not be so bound by them because whenever we're bound by limiting beliefs, We're living out of a lie. We're living out of something uh, that is just not helpful, just not good, just not a good place for you to be and not productive for you. So what exactly are limiting beliefs? Well, I believe that we all have this very core place of beliefs that are so deep down that sometimes they are hard to see directly. We can hear them in our conversations, but we don't know that they're there. And I believe that we have a mirror image of limiting beliefs and aspirational beliefs. The limiting beliefs are based in fear. Aspirational beliefs are are based in that higher place of movement, of, of aspiration. Remember, your brain is only capable of one of those two states. It's either in fear or in love or aspiration. It's only in those two possibilities. And so we have both of those living within us in those those that place of beliefs that are around us. And I believe that there is a mirror image of the aspirational belief and the limiting belief. And so both of them are activated and our limiting beliefs are usually about the things that kind of the opposite side of what we most want. So if you think about something you would most want, you probably also fear that you can't get what you most want. 
Unfortunately, a lot of us live out of those fear-based beliefs for too long. We don't notice they're there. We don't notice that if we are not careful, we're feeding the fear so much that it overshadows the aspirational elements. And so even though there is the aspirational side, the one that's getting your attention, the one that's getting the press is the, the fearful, the, the limiting uh, beliefs, and we want to move in a new direction. I believe that there are three elements that you have to have in order to do that. Uh, I call it my NAC protocol, K-N-A-C. NAC means knowledge, action, and courage, because that's how we fight any place of limitation. Knowledge, you have to become aware that this is even the case. Maybe this is the first time that somebody said, hey, did you realize you have both these limiting beliefs and these aspirational beliefs? And maybe even if I take one step further back, this may be the first time that somebody said, did you realize that you have these beliefs that are so deep down in there that you don't even know they're there? But they're there and they're acting every day. Whenever you hear yourself saying, I can't do that, that's not possible. There's no way to get there. You've just stepped into a limiting belief. So now we have a knowledge that those beliefs are there, and then we build a knowledge of what those limiting beliefs are. And the way we always fight fear is action, doing something, taking the first step, deciding that we can begin the movement up the mountain. All of those places begin to fight our fears. Any action helps to push against our fears. Anytime we give in to those fearful uh, beliefs, they build on themselves. They grow, they multiply. And so when we can begin that work of understanding that we have to just start taking action, So many times people have said to me, well, I would love to do that, but I'm afraid. And my response is, that's not a but, it should be an and. I would love to do that, and I'm afraid. And then you change it one more step to, I'm going to do that, and I'm afraid. Whatever it is, you change your but to an and to get the motion going. I would like to write a book, but I'm afraid that nobody would read it. What if you change it to, I would like to write a book, and I'm afraid nobody will read it. And then you begin to move towards, I am going to write a book, and I'm afraid nobody's going to read it. And then you move to, I am writing a book. I want you to think about this, even the writing the book. Let's just set aside that writing the book. It occurred to me this morning that if, as I was right, I was kind of walking around our neighborhood, which I do pretty much every morning unless the weather is just so severe that I can't get out, my dog and I go walk for a several mile uh, walk. And, and that's just a way of me kind of thinking through the day and settling things down. And, and I was processing it and I was just kind of wondering aloud, well, wondering quietly in my mind how many times in a year I would have walked that path because sometimes I do it twice a day. Um, And so when I try to do it twice a day, if I were to do it twice a day, I would be walking around my neighborhood somewhere upwards of 650 times. I mean, I'm taking out some of those times when I'm away or holidays or whatever. And so somewhere upwards of 650, 700 times a year, I would be walking around the neighborhood if I did it twice a day. And so then I started pondering this. And why do I bring up writing a book? Well, because now my book is in production. So I've got that behind me. And now we're waiting for that to move forward with the publishers. This is uh, the third book I've written. And so always I'm thinking, okay, what's the next thing? So as I began to ponder that, it occurred to me that if I were to just write one page a day, one page, that's 300, maybe 320 words a day, in a year, I would have a substantial book. 
And we act as if these things are huge deals that people who write books, you know, they have to just lock themselves into a closet for years on end. And unfortunately, sometimes I find myself taking way too much time to do that writing. But then it occurred to me, what if you just broke it down into the first action? What if you just said, okay, I'm, today I'm going to write a page and tomorrow I'm going to write a page. And that began, as we talked about earlier, a system where every day you write a page. At the end of a year, you would have a book that is longer than most people even ever make it through, right? And so when we start looking at the action it would take, or let's say you decided that you wanted to get in shape and you say, you know, I want to get in shape, but I'm afraid I I wouldn't know what to do, or I'm afraid that, you know, it's not going to work out, or I'm afraid I'm going to be sore. And so today you decide that you're going to do five push-ups and five sit-ups, or maybe today you're going to go to the gym and walk on a treadmill for 10 minutes, or maybe today you're even just going to go and, and decide on a couple of exercises. That's the action I'm talking about, something small. Or maybe you decide that you want to make a new friend. Then you begin to take action, not to say, but I'm afraid that somebody might not like me, but how could I begin an action? Maybe I'll look for a group that has similar uh, stuff that they they want to do as me, the same interest, and, and we'll pursue that. That begins to be an action. And then you have to rely on courage because courage is all about that fear. Remember that courage has nothing to do with anything but choosing to continue action in spite of fear. Whenever we have fear, it requires us to say, that's not what stops me. What stops me is I believe the fear more than I believe in my courage. I love that word courage. Cour is French and and from Latin for the heart. It comes from the heart. It comes from a place that's deep enough that you say, this is important. This is important enough that I'm going to move towards it. And so if you find yourself having something important to say and you want that book and you decide to write even that one page a day and then you decide to have courage to let other people see it, have courage to present that to the world because it's fearful to do that. It's scary to let that out. Or maybe you have a fear of being rejected by other people as friends. And so you have to have courage that you're going to step into that. And that, that core, that courage comes from the heart and keeps you moving forward in spite of those moments of fear. Now, I believe that anytime we begin to address our uh, limiting beliefs, and we'll talk about exactly how to, that my 4C protocol for challenging beliefs next time But right now, I just want you to understand the pieces that you need to have in place, a knowledge base. If you haven't listened to all of the the pieces to this Getting Unstuck series, that's a way of collecting that knowledge. Or maybe you go back through other Thrivology podcasts and collect that knowledge. That's what we're doing is, is setting the stage. You know, sometimes people go, oh, you know, I'm working on that. I bought a book. And my response is, great, that's a first step. That's a great first step. Or someone will say, I'm working on that. I got a coach. And that's a great first step. That's gathering the knowledge. But you can buy a book and get a coach and do all these other things without taking any action. So knowledge is the beginning point. As I've said many, many times to people, knowledge is not power. Knowledge is just information. It's just knowledge. Applied knowledge is is power. And so how do you apply it? Well, you apply it by taking action. Knowledge that's applied through action and then reinforced with courage is where real change happens in our lives. Whenever we just kind of get the knowledge, we're in trouble. Now, let me warn you that we are in a world awash with knowledge. 
We're in a world awash with information. As I'm sitting here recording this, I'm looking at the screen of my computer and I see all kinds of files I have with information that I've promised myself I'm going to go through and learn from. And you probably have the same. I have it on my Kindle. I have books that I've set aside and promised myself I'm going to read. And I looked on my nightstand and I have magazines that I've set aside that I am committed to reading. That material I think is going to be very important for me, but I haven't done anything. I've got all that knowledge right at my fingertips. And we all have knowledge right at our fingertips. We all have the possibility. I remember years ago, the first time that smartphones were out there and, you know, you could pull out something and look up something on Google. And instead of going, I wonder if or I wonder about, you could answer it. And finally, uh, my kids were tired of me. You know, we'd come up with one of these questions and I would just go look it up to see what the information was. We were sitting at a table. I'd pull out my phone and go Google it. And, and there was the information. And I realized that the information was not providing any relationship. We weren't having conversation about it. I was just answering a question. It's just knowledge. That's all it was. And that knowledge doesn't get us any further ahead unless we take the next step. So in a world that's awash with knowledge, recognize that step one. And all that does, it's kind of like when you're planning a trip and you've gathered all the information about all the possibilities of going and you've got it in front of you and you know all these tourist places to go and you know all the possibilities, the hotels you could stay at, and nothing has happened to, to move you to the next step because the next step is taking action. Do you pick up the phone? Do you, do you get on your computer? Do you make reservations? Do you begin the process of moving forward? Do you start packing your bags and head it out the door? That's the place where it begins begins to have power. All that knowledge is important. You don't want to just head off to Everest without any knowledge. You don't want to just head off to Jamaica with no knowledge. You don't want to just head off to China with no knowledge. You want to gather that information around you so you understand the lay of the land, the way you're going to go. But the next step has to be action. There has to be all three of these pieces for true change to happen in your life. To get unstuck takes all three. You have to have the knowledge. Then you have to have the action. There has to be some movement to move forward. Many times in my career, I would have somebody come in to therapy and they would tell me all of this stuff that they had learned about themselves. They had been to other therapists and they knew all the reasons that they did what they did. And that was as far as they ever got. They forgot the next step of action. The knowledge was not changing them. The knowledge is a curiosity. So you figure out that there's something about your family or your mother or father or, you know, your biochemistry or something that makes you who you are and, and what you are and the troubles you have. And that's as far as you go. Well, that's a curiosity. It's, it's interesting and it's, it's nice to have those conversations, but then it becomes an excuse if all it is is knowledge. Then it becomes an excuse of why you're where you are and why you're stuck unless it takes on the next piece of action. So knowledge is the building block. It's one building block. Think of these as a Venn diagram. If you remember Venn diagrams, they all have to fit together for that to work, for it all to fit. And so the change that's in the middle is when you combine the knowledge and you combine the action and you combine the courage. Why do we need courage? To keep us moving against those limiting beliefs. Action begins the process, but those limiting beliefs will keep popping up unless we take courage and say, I'm not going to allow that to stop me. I'm not going to listen to those voices over and over because every time you listen to that voice, you give it strength. And every time you don't listen to your aspirations, you take away energy from there. 
So as we begin to move forward, understand that anytime you're going to work on getting up st- unstuck, you have to start with your knowledge. And then you add in your first actions. And then you reinforce those actions with courage. And courage is actions in spite of fear. It's moving ahead no matter what those fears bring, no matter what those, those limiting beliefs pop up for us. And, and they will. They'll, they'll keep sneaking up behind you because that's what the limiting beliefs do. You believe that those fears are keeping you safe, but what they're doing is keeping you limited keeping you stuck. And so when we start talking back to those pieces, as we will when we get into the four C's of changing your core beliefs, then you'll see how this all fits together. But for now, understand that you're gathering the knowledge, that you're then deciding on your action, and then you're using your courage to reinforce it. If this has been helpful, I would love it if you would share below. There are, uh, If you're on the website, there are different uh, share buttons that are great. You can share it on Facebook. You can share it on Twitter. You can share it on uh, most of the social media platforms, Google Plus or LinkedIn or any of those. But if you're on them and you found this useful, it would be helpful for me and it would help be helpful for other people to discover how they can be thriving. You can bring them to this new place of thriving by sharing that with them. If you're listening by podcast, if you're listening on either Stitcher or the Apple podcast app, what would be very, very helpful, I know it takes one more step, is to go and leave a review on uh, those platforms because those reviews help people find us and then they can find better ways for them to thrive just like you're doing. Next week, we cover the four C's of changing those limiting beliefs. But right now, recognize the knack protocol. Get, get the knack for following the knack of, of gathering your knowledge, gathering your action, and taking courage. This is Lee Balkum wishing you a thriving life. listening to the Thriveology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.